Today's Stripe Show podcast is brought to you by About Golf Simulators. And we're back, Stripe Show podcast on a Monday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Hope you had a terrific weekend filled with lots of golf, lots of good golf, fairways, greens, made some putts. Got some nice messages uh, from some students uh, over the weekend. Couple personal bests. Those are uh, those are great to receive. You know, on the weekend when uh, someone reaches out and says, "Hey, I've been working hard. Really appreciate the lessons," and I shot a personal best over the weekend. Always, re- always love to uh, to receive those. You know, you know who also played some golf this weekend and uh, played really good. Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland rolled into Atlanta after winning the BMW championship. And he just kept it going, winning the tour championship by five shots, 27 under par, shooting 63 on Sunday. Now, he was paired with Xander Schauffele, who shot 62. (laughs) Sunday, tour championship for all the marbles. 63 and 62. That's as good as it gets, folks. That was big-time golf. That was big-time golf. Now, I know the conditions were soft, but this is a tough course. I've played Eastlake. The rough is ridiculous. These guys these guys just tear anything up when it's soft. I mean, when you get that rain and the greens are soft, fairways are going to play wider, they just go all in and right at it. I mean, the shot that... Victor hit on the 16th on Sunday. I think it was 16. Xander, of course, cut it to three. You know, momentum starting to change maybe a little bit, although I I always felt Victor was under control. Xander just goes past the bunker, has that uphill lie, tough shot. The flag is back left. There's no room over there. Hardly any. I didn't think there was any room. And Xander takes it right of the pin. Hits the green. Beautiful shot. 20-25 feet. Terrific shot. Victor just steps right up and hits it between the flag and the rough on the left-hand side. I mean, just hits it. Like, I I couldn't believe it. It landed left of the pin with, like, a wedge in his hand. I mean, just going right at it. Amazing. It really is. I mean, he wasn't going right of the pin. He maybe pulled it a little bit. But the ball ends up between the flag and the left side of the rough. And, you know, it's dead over there in the left. There's no room. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how dialed in A, Victor Hovland is right now. And B, when the conditions are soft, these guys just go right at it. I mean, they just take dead aim and the control they have over their golf ball. So Victor Hovland, folks, right now, um, he's the best player in the world. There's no, there's no question about it. He won the BMW Championship last week. He wins the Tour Championship this week. Wins by five. His sixth win on the PGA Tour. That goes with his win from Memorial earlier in the in the, in the season. And uh, Victor Hovland has arrived, folks. I mean, he has arrived. And today's podcast is all about Victor Hovland today. But before we get to that, today's podcast brought to you by About Golf Simulators. You can see my beautiful simulator glowing in the backdrop. I'll be doing some content uh, uh, later on. Uh, today for about golf and hack motion. I'm excited 
to show you a, a video that I'm doing that's going to demonstrate Victor Hovland's wrist angles. We'll get to wrist angles here in a second. Got a lot of stuff that I want to share with you um, as it pertains to Victor Hovland and his game. His short game changes, his putting improvement. I'm going to show you some stuff there. And then also his swing pattern uh, and how he works those wrist angles and why they're conducive to hitting a power fade, which we see a lot of players uh, do. Um, and then also just how they're conducive to just being a wonderful ball striker in general and compressing the ball with his irons, uh, which he certainly can do as well. Before we get to that, there really were three, I think, big storylines here that, that comes out of Eastlake. Put the Ryder Cup aside. Those picks are going to come tomorrow. But there's three things in my head. Number one, Scotty Scheffler. I talked about Scotty Scheffler last week. I did an emergency pod on Friday talking about Scotty Scheffler's putting and what I saw the difference between where he was at the end of last year into the beginning of this year versus what we saw at Eastlake to start on Thursday. Scotty Scheffler, strokes ain't tee to green, has been the best on tour. There's no one better. It's ridiculous how good of a ball striker Scotty Scheffler is and how good he is around the green. On the other side of that, his putting has been really bad. And it's easy, I think, when you're in that camp and when you're around that, just, ah, just let it play out, right? Just, you know, everything will be fine. Don't overreact. Let's not reach. Let's just kind of let it play out. As I've been watching Scotty over the last few months, to my eye, I was seeing the ball coming out of the heel. And I was texting with a lot of people out there on tour and close to the situation. And, and you could see the ball coming out of the heel. You could see the stroke starting to change its identity and particularly coming through to post-impact. I'm not going to get into all those specifics. You can go back and watch the pod on Friday. I got a lot of good feedback. Thank you to Brandel Chambly, by the way, who uh, gave it a, a big shout-out on Golf Central, on Golf Channel. That was great um, on what we did there on Scotty's putt. And Colt Nose, uh, I think, did on CBS as well. So I appreciate that. And I went deep on it. And it wasn't, you know, I'm not attacking Scotty. I'm just looking at it and saying this is a glaring difference between where he was at the end of last year versus right now. Like there, there are something, there's something wrong here. You have to address this and weed it out. And I don't think Scotty did. I think he ignored it. He didn't want to talk about it. He switched putter, I think once or twice. That wasn't the solution and he lost confidence. And I think it all bubbled up here to the weekend. And, and he once again was the worst putter in the field finished 30th and it looked as bad as I've seen it. You know, it just looked as bad as I've seen it. You could see it's become mental, some really bad short strokes. And so I hope Scotty over the next two or three weeks cleans it up. I hope he watches the pod because I'm pretty confident that if he watched it, he would get back to where he was at the end of last year. So that was number one. Scotty Scheffler kind of opened the door in many ways, by not addressing his putting. He opened the door once again for someone to come in and win the Tour Championship. Number two, Xander Shoffley. 
No one plays Eastlake better than Sam Rashoffle. If you go back to Tuesday's show with Keith Stewart, we talked about it. I said, look, if you're going to take someone down in minus three, minus four, start, it's, it's Xander. Sure enough, Xander comes running up the leaderboard and once again just dismantles Eastlake. 67, 64, 68, 62. I mean, just incredible goal. But the third story and the biggest story is Victor Hovland. No doubt about it. Victor Hovland, folks, has arrived on the scene as the next world-class player. Victor Hovland, I think, is on his way to becoming the number one player in the world unless Scotty addresses his putting. Scotty Scheffler is the best ball striker in the world, Tita Green. Victor Hovland will probably would like to have something to say about that, certainly in the last two weeks. But if Scotty Scheffler cleans up his putter, that would be one hell of a duo back and forth between those two. Because Scotty Scheffler at that point would no longer have a weakness. And he needs to make his putting no longer a weakness because Victor Hovland has no weaknesses anymore. What used to be his weakness with his short game is no longer a weakness. His weakness is gone. He has made it a strength. You know who led strokes gain short game at the Tour Championship? Victor Hovland. That's remarkable. I give him big props uh, to that. So let's get into Victor Hovland. Who is Victor Hovland? Where does this improvement come from? What did they do in the short game, in putting, and with the driver? We're going to get to all that. But before we get to that, I want to tell a quick story about Victor. I actually played a round of golf with Victor Hovland uh, back in 2019 at the Arnold Palmer Invitational in a Pro-Am. It was right after he won the U.S. Amateur uh, out there in Oregon at Bandon Dunes. And he was just getting ready to turn pro. And he was in his Oklahoma State gear. And we went out and played and had a great day. Had a great day. Got the Novick. Obviously, up close, watching him hit his shots. Fantastic display once again. I mean, I'm not sure the dude's ever missed a fairway. <laughs> it's just, it's unbelievable, you know, watching him hit his driver, uh, his iron game. You know, you really couldn't see, like, if the short game was a weakness at that point. Like, that wasn't. Um, you know, no one was, no one knew enough about him yet. Um, he, he just knew that Victor, there was something there. He, he was special, right? And I thought about that day and Victor and I stayed in touch a little bit. We exchanged some DMs after that. And I, I sent him a note this morning, congratulating him. And I've known his coaches and this and that. In fact, I, I, I got to talk with his, his uh, collegiate coach at, uh, at Oklahoma state at the PXG called showcase. And he was talking about when he was caddying for Victor at the, at the USAM that they were going up to these really tight par fours and these tough conditions. And, and, and a lot of these kids are hitting iron and Victor's just ripping his driver right down the middle. <laughs> like, can you imagine playing Victor wind blowing tight fairway? Oh, I'm just going to take my three iron and sting it out there. And then you get done with that. You're, he's hitting driver. And he just, Bust his driver right down the middle, bouncing, tumbling down. I mean, what a, what, a, what a weapon. And he continues to use it as a weapon. I think Victor's gotten stronger, bigger. He looks like he can rip it out there longer now, and it's more effortless to carry it 300 yards. But just a, a wonderful driver 
in ball striker from his days at Oklahoma State to the U.S. Amateur and now on the professional scene. And I go back and I think about the time that I spent with him, the people that I know that know him. And there's a few things that come to my mind. Number one is, is Victor Hovland is a very independent person. Coming from Norway, uh, this is a guy, independent, tough-minded, deserves everything that he achieves, has worked his tail off, and has earned everything that has come his way. Nothing's been handed to him. And I think you could try to hand it to Victor. You could say, hey, Victor, I want to give you this. And he'd be like, no, no, I'm good. I will work and go earn it. That's his mentality. Very independent. Number two, extremely hardworking. You just get the sense that Victor is going to outwork you. He's going to outwork you. And if he doesn't have the answer, the next thing that comes to mind is he's curious. He's got a curious mind. And I could sense that when we were spending the day together down there in Orlando. And I think when you get that curious mind, Victor has jumped around a little bit from teacher to teacher. And when he was with Jeff Smith a year ago, and they had a nice run, three wins. I think he got the number three in the world. Going the right way. I think Jeff Smith did a really good job with him. Victor suddenly left him and then went to Joe Mayo. And at the time, I remember thinking, gosh, hmm, that raises a little bit of a red flag to me. Not because he went to Joe Mayo. Joe Mayo is a brilliant mind. Brilliant mind. It was the fact that, that Victor was kind of jumping around. Like he had a lot of coaches in a short two, three, four-year window. And so I always get a little concerned with that. What are you searching for? That situation with other players has went the wrong way, has blown up in the player's face, probably more times than not when you're jumping around. And so I was a little critical. I admit, full transparency right here on the podcast. I kind of laid it out there. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned with Victor Hovland. What is he doing? What's he searching for? He was moving in the right direction. And so he went to Joe Mayo, and things have clicked. They have clicked. The short game stuff that they implemented, off he went. I mean, it was like the final piece. You could just see his confidence went through the roof, and it was like, I got it. It's no longer a weakness. Confidence through the roof. Off he went, and he's won the last two events, including the FedEx Cup playoffs. And so he's independent. He's hardworking. He's curious, and you know what the final thing is? Is he's humble. I can tell you that. He's humble. He's a good guy. He's down to earth. He is very humble, and with this win and with $28 million now over the last two weeks, I promise you, I don't think he'll change one lick. He'll remain humble. He'll remain curious. He'll remain hungry. He's going to work hard, and he'll remain independent. Victor Hovland has arrived, folks, and uh, it's cool to see. I want to get into his game now, and I want to start by looking at the journey of his short game. Hack Motion is an innovative wrist analysis sensor and app that measures players' wrist and hand movement in the golf swing. With audio feedback and different drill modes, it offers the capability to improve players' wrist mechanics 
in the golf swing to provide a better club face control and impact position. Hack Motion can be used for both full swing and putting to cover all golf shots. Hack Motion is used by some of the top golf coaches today around the world. Visit hackmotion.com. All right, so I'm going to bring in this video or this picture right here. Now, for those listening, thank you for being here. You can actually watch the podcast on my YouTube platform at Travis Fulton Golf, but that's okay. I am going to articulate it, and I'm going to paint the picture in your mind. So when you look at Victor Hovland here, on the left is a full swing shot, and you can see that the angle of the face halfway back is more parallel to his spine. The toe is down. The face is more square or close to what you see on the right, which is a short game shot. And the short game shot, you can see halfway back, the toe is more up. And so there's a, a big difference in the angle of the face halfway back. Now, in the full swing, one of the major, major strengths of Victor Hovland's swing is shaftling. He can lean the shaft forward. And so when you look at that club face square there, of course, if I took him all the way up to the top, which we'll get to here in a second in the full swing, you would see the face would be a little shut at the top left wrist have a little flexion or bowed and then from there he would take it turn and hit it shaft way forward club head moving down peeling the divot really compressing it squeezing it ball comes off the face like a bullet and when you can lean the shaft forward like that and you can really thump it well that's a that's a great quality generally speaking in in ball striking now, in short game, it has its limitations because that leading edge can get on the ground and you don't have as much speed and it limits the types of shots that you can hit. Now, I think Victor, even in his younger days, was so talented that he could kind of work around that. And I think he realized as he got to the professional game that he needed to have more shots and he needed to be able to utilize the bounce a little bit more. And that's the term you keep hearing, right? Well, Victor, learn how to use the bounce. Well, the first step to, you know, using the bounce is to get the face looking a bit more toe up. And so he did that. The toe went more up. I think Jeff Smith did a good job with him in changing some of those short game patterns. And you definitely started to see the toe more up. You definitely started to see Victor as the club went down, the club head passing the lead wrist sooner. Ball striking wise, that handle forward, that club head trailing the left wrist, sustaining those alignments through the strike. I mean, Victor does it in spades. In the short game now, with that toe more up, he's got to get that club head to pass the lead wrist sooner. Seems like a simple proposition, but when you are a, a, a thumper and a leaner of the shaft, like that can be problematic in learning how to do that. Where's that low point? Trusting where that club head is going to hit and how it's going to get out of the ground. Trusting how the ball is going to leave the face, the trajectory, the spin. All of it starts to change. I felt like Victor changed his pattern. You could see it. He was utilizing the bounce through this stretch. He just always looked like to me that he, he just wasn't fully confident in the bottom, how the club head was going to hit and get out fully confident in how the ball was going to leave the face with the amount of spin. Like, it just always looked a little uncertain. He just didn't have full control of the ball yet. 
The technique looked better, but just wasn't in full control of the ball. And so you fast forward, and and now we 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 start to look at some of the things that came about with his time with Joe Mayo. And all of a sudden, we start to see something a little bit different. We start to see his head um, start to move towards the target in the backswing. So I've put up this sequence here. And on the top is Victor Hovland on a little green side pitch shot. And this is when he was rotating the face a bit more and utilizing the bounce. And, and what we see here up top is the setup. His weight may be just gently left. He swings his arm back, rotates the face. His body looks pretty much the same, pretty much in that same starting position. Now the club comes down. He's pretty much in that same starting position. And as he would turn through from here, he would just turn his chest. The club head would hit the ground. It would pass the lead wrist sooner, and he would hit a shot, utilizing the bounce. And now when you look at the bottom, what you see is you see arm swing go back and his head and his body go towards the target. His head moves physically towards the target. His left knee is flexing more down ahead of the ball towards his target. So he's putting more pressure left as the club goes back. Same wrist angles, same club face. And now from there, as the club falls, he has even more weight left, and then he lets that club head hit. Club head passes the lead wrist, and he goes with it much the same way as he did in the upper sequence. The biggest difference here is when you look at Victor now, over the last three, four, five months, is you see this effort to maybe, yes, put a little more weight left at address, but as he swings the club back to move his body more towards the target, and then from there, let the club head come down, hit the ground, and turn and let it release past the left wrist. No different again than he did the upper. It's just that move that he made in his backswing. And so what's been fascinating is that since doing this, Victor, the attack angle, yes, probably more down. The bottom of the arc, sharper, maybe a little more V-shaped, and more spin. Um, and so he has now, since doing this, at least to my eyes, looks like he's gained full control of the golf ball. It doesn't look like he's guessing maybe the bottom of the arc. It doesn't look like he's guessing on how the ball's going to leave the face with spin. Like it, he just looks in control of the ball by this move, moving towards it as the club goes back, steepen the attack angle sharper uh, bottom of the arc, more spin. Off he goes. I mean, it's been incredible. His short game has improved considerably through this change. And it's been a journey. It's been a journey. Starting with A, get the face open. Let's get some bounce. Let's get some relief at the bottom. Club head passing the left wrist much sooner than the full swing. And now this with the body movement. And so off he goes. His short game, huge improvement. I think it's one of the big stories of the year. One of the big stories of the year, huge improvement. 
the other thing that's improved, I think, over the last couple of years has been his putting. Now, look at this. I'm putting a video up of Victor going through his routine of his putting before a round. And what he's doing here is he's using his feet and a level to start calibrating a couple different things. So I'm going to play this again. Look at this. He's using his feet and he kind of kicked the, the level over, and now he's using his fingers. He's going through aim point. We've talked about aim point a lot here over the last couple of years. We even, you, we even talked about tour read, which is a new system out there. Some similarities, but some differences. Ralph Bauer, the owner of that, uh, it's been interesting to learn about that. But Mark Sweeney with aim point, he's got so many guys using this. And I think aim point has really helped Victor Hovland. I do. because. I think, number one, when you see Victor uh, kind of um, straddling that line, he's got his right foot on one side, left foot on the other, and he's kind of just standing there. You know, he's trying to figure out which foot is higher, and he's doing that here on the practice screen. And then he brings that level in, and he lays the level across perpendicular to his feet, and his level's like, yep, left foot's higher than the right. But in addition to that, here's the percent of that slope. Is it a half percent, one and a half, two, two and a half? And so what happens here is, is Victor, he gets to the, to the green. And a lot of players do this. And you can see the four corners. He's going around the world here. And he's straddling the line. He's, he he, he kind of knows, okay, which way it's going to break. But more than that, he's in his mind, he's saying this is 1% or this is 1.3%, whatever. And then he brings that level and he puts it down and the level validates it, right? Or says, no, it's actually this. And the level, of course, is, is accurate. And so he's calibrating his feet. And he does this every day. And you get good at it. You get much better at it. You get improved at it. It takes time. And Vic's been doing it for a while. And so he does that. Which way is he going to break? What's the percent? Dialing that in. And then he calibrates his fingers. See his fingers there? He's putting those out. Now, I'm not going to give away the goods of aim point, but there is a method to the madness of what he's doing with his fingers there. Okay? And A, how many he's putting up, and B, how he's looking at it. Now, I'm not going to give away any more than that. You have to go to aim point to get the goods. But he's calibrating everything right there and then he takes it all right inside left or left edge or whatever and he hits that putt and he's like yep that's what it was and he just keeps going around the hole and he kind of really dials in his feet percent what it means with those fingers dials it all in now if you do that and you go through that you build up a nice memory bank and pretty soon you really you get good at greens rating. You get much better. And I think Victor Hovland has gotten better at greens rating. I do. You look at his stats, statistically, they have improved since turning pro a few years ago. I believe he was stroke scene putting last year around 28th. This year, he's 51st. He also uses Eduardo Molinari for his statistics. And I bet you one of the stats that they looked at as they started weeding out how Victor could get better, and of course, his short game was the most glaring, but I bet you it was, you got to make more putts inside of like eight feet. Like we got to make more putts, eight, nine, 10 feet, somewhere in there. 
And he has. And he has. And he's made more putts now in the last couple of years from that distance. And he's made more putts in general later in the tournaments. Round three, round four. His putting in round four has been the best that it's ever been in his career. So I think he's gotten better from a greens rating standpoint. I think he's built up that, that memory bank from hard work, discipline, going through this. And then I think as a result of that, he's making more putts that he needs to make and hole inside of eight, nine feet, 10 feet, what have it. And now you add the improvement of the short game, and now he's becoming a bulldog late in tournaments in round four. And I think that just might be the most scary of it all. And we're going to get to a swing here in a second is when you look at Victor Hovland, okay, his short game is better. His putting now is upper third of the PGA Tour. And he wants the ball late. And he wants the ball in his hand late round four and is going to make big putts. Those are big putts down the stretch that he was holding. Victor Hovland shot 63 on Sunday with a big lead. That's big time. There's certain guys on the PGA Tour that want to get to that moment, and then they want the ball in their hand, and they're going to put their foot on your throat like Tiger. Victor Hovland strikes me that way. <laughs> I'm telling you, he strikes me that way. I want Like, if I had to pick someone... And I had to put their ball in the hand late to win a tournament with the lead. Victor Hovind is on the short list now with his improvement around the green. One of the best players, but also he knows, and I want the ball late. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable late. That, that is a big-time combination. Attention golfers, if you're looking to upgrade your game with a set of high-quality clubs that are blazing fast, beyond forgiving, and beautifully made, check out the all-new PXG Gen 6 Golf Clubs. Not only are they easy to hit, they deliver outstanding distance and incredible accuracy, lowering your scores and bringing you more fun on the golf course. What more could you want? Schedule your Gen 6 fitting today at pxg.com or by calling 844-PLAY-PXG. And then you factor in, watch this, you factor in his swing. Oh, yeah, he's one of the best ball strikers in the world. Watching him hit the driver is special. It really is. I mean, the guy just hits this perfect power fade. It's not a weak fade. It's a power fade. It's a power fade because the face is strong. You look at the face at the top. The face is looking up to the sky. The left wrist has a little flexion to it. Like that is a strong position. When you get the face in that kind of closed position, then you can kind of turn, get the face looking a little left of, of the target line. But it's kind of bowed. It's, it's strong, right? He's not holding on to the face. He's not trying to hold the face open. In fact, he gets the face closed at the top and then from there he turns and as he turns that wrist angle still flexed little d lofted at the bottom looking left of his intended target line and so it starts there 
really strong club face position, no hang on, no wipe. And he just rotates left. So the path is left of that. And then the ball just curves back to the right. And the other thing that helps him hit the power fade with the driver is his attack angle, his attack, his attack angle. He's able to get his attack angle even up a little bit, which I think is, is, is pretty cool considering that when you look at his left wrist flex and you can really thump down with your irons and have a, a little steeper attack angle with the irons, I think he manages it beautifully when he gets to his driver and that he's really able to get that left shoulder kind of up and out of the way. He extends his spine extremely well and he gets that attack angle to be a little bit up, a little bit ascending, which helps that fade. Because when you hit up on it, it moves the it moves the path to the left. So generally speaking, for every degree you hit up, it effectively moves the path one degree to the left. And so with this strong left wrist club face position, he's able to take that strong club face and he's able to get it to look a little bit left with no wipe. And then he's able to continue to rotate hard to the left, but also get the attack angle slightly up. It's a wonderful way to hit a power fade. Now, I will warn you that if you are going to go down this path of A, getting the club face that closed, and B, getting the left wrist that flexed, you better be able to get the hell out of the way at impact. <laughs> you better be dynamic. Right? You better be able to get out of the way. And Victor does. I mean, he gets out of the way. I mean, look at his left hip is out of the way. His left shoulder, yes, is working up, but his chest is turning. His head is swiveling. He's opening up. He's getting out of the way so things can turn the corner uh, back to the left. And so that's kind of how his swing works in hitting that power fade. It's a really wonderful, um, it's a wonderful pattern. You see a lot of tour players do it. I think it can be a bit of a high-speed pattern, right? Like DJ does this. Uh, Kepka has some flexion at the top. Spieth has some flexion in the left wrist. I mean, at some point, you've got to get some flexion in your lead wrist at the bottom. Now, do you have to do it right here at the top? No, you don't. Do you have to do it as much as Victor Hovland does? No, you don't. But when you come down, is it helpful to get a little bit in transition and coming down? It, it is. But even there, you don't have to. I mean, you could argue, right? Phil Mickelson doesn't. Phil Mickelson kind of pulls down, got some extension in his wrist. I wouldn't teach that. But at some point when you get to the bottom, you got to get some. Right? You, you got to get some lead. You got to have a little bit of flexion in the lead wrist, extension in the right wrist. You got to have a little shaft lean there. And generally speaking, the more shaffling you have, maybe the higher ceiling you have in the way of ball striking. Now, in saying that, you have to have speed, too. And the more shaffling you have, the more club head speed you have. So you have to balance that. You have to balance that. But shaffling is important in the golf swing. PGA Tour players have it in spades. LPGA Tour players have enough of it in spades. They don't swing as hard. They're not going to have as much. And so you take those things into consideration. But Victor, 
I mean, my goodness. I mean, it's just incredible. The other thing that is always of interest with Victor Hovland in his swing is that, A, it looks like he's kind of coming over the top, right? It looks like he's kind of coming over it with his hand path. He is. But the shaft is still shallowing out, folks. When you look at Vic, he kind of gets it in a touch, but he 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 hinges the shaft vertical. That shaft is, you know, it's not exactly vertical, right? But the butt of the club is pointing inside of the ball target line. It's not horizontal, <laughs> right? It's not laid off. It's towards the vertical side. I think Victor at the top, when you look at it, has gotten a little bit more dynamic in his turn. I think he's gotten stronger. I think the club has lengthened out. In fact, I think he's even got a little more laid off when I played with him, or excuse me, across the line when I played with him in 2019. You can see the club's kind of pointing to the right, and I think he's okay with that. It's a bigger, more dynamic turn, and I think a lot of that comes from trying to get him a little bit deeper too. I think um, Jeff Smith probably got him a little bit deeper where that left arm is a little bit more around him, not as upright. That's important because this move right here is one of Victor's staples. Watch this. His hand path works back out in front of him. His hand path doesn't work straight down. If there's one person that doesn't pull down on the club from the top of the swing, it's Victor Hovland. <laughs> His hand path goes out. And as it goes out, that left wrist still has that flexion, that right wrist still has that extension, and the shaft pitches back. Look at that shaft now. Like 45. That's a huge shallowing move with his hand path going out. And as his hand path goes out, that goes beautifully with his rotation, and he just gets the hell out of the way. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's big-time stuff. It's big-time rotational. The last thing I'll say when I think of Victor Hovland's swing is it, it's an aggressive swing in the context that it, it has a big change of knee flex. And with this big change of knee flex, I think Victor uses his right leg more as the pivot point to rotate around coming down. Here's what I mean by this. Watch this going back. Watch his right knee. He's going to lose some flexion. When he loses flexion, you can see the window open up between the knees. He gets this big, deep hip turn. Spine extends. All that maximizing, opening up that turn helps with depth. Yes, it got a little across the line, but we're okay with that. Talked about the wrist angles, but from here now, he's going to put that flexion back in. And when he puts the flexion back in, he's going to sit a little. See that right there? So that right knee gets flexion back in, and it probably feels like his right hip is kind of sitting, squatting down over his right heel more. And you might be thinking, well, wait a minute. If he did that, wouldn't he be hanging back? He's still shifting weight. It's just different. It's kind of more of this kind of more of this sit and kind of almost kind of fall left, putting pressure left more gradually on the downswing and through impact versus say some terminology that you might have heard before, which is kind of a bump, you know, where the hips kind of bump lateral and then the upper body kind of hangs back in transition. Victor's not doing that. He didn't have. He he doesn't want all that. He he wants to be able to kind of sit a little, right hip sit over the left right heel, put some flexion back in that knee, and as he does that, yes, the weight's going to kind of fall left, and as it's falling left, the left knee's peeling away and opening up, and as the left knee's peeling away, the left hip's going to open up, 
And as the left hip opens up, now the left shoulder is going to open up. And as the left shoulder opens up, the spine's going to extend so he can kind of get the club head up out of there. And that's how it works. That's how he rotates and gets out of the way. Strong, strong swing. And I think in many ways, you know, kind of kind of represents a lot of the modern terminology that you hear in, in the way that it's taught. Can everybody swing like Victor Hovland? No. Can we learn from Victor Hovland? Yes. I think the short game is a very interesting discussion and one that so many people can benefit from. But when I use Victor Hovland as an example in my teaching, what I'm trying to do more times than not is I'm taking an amateur player who gets the face open and or has a lot of extension in the left wrist cupping him. And so I'm trying to get the club face more shut and put some flexion in the left wrist, but that doesn't mean I'm trying to get it to look like Victor Hovland. It just means I'm moving it more in that direction. And so when I still see a fair amount of open faces, I still see a fair amount of extended lead wrists and at the top of the swing and or coming down in, on the downswing. Yeah, I, I use Victor as an example. Hey, look, let's get the club face a little bit more shut. Let's get some flexion in the lead wrist sooner. Let's try to get a little more of that swing shape that might, you know, look like Victor Hovind, but is not as, uh, as it's not going to be as dynamic. It's not shallowing as much. And this hand path, it not working out as much with all this crazy rotation. It's just perhaps maybe moving a little more in that direction. And so I think there's a difference when you suggest these things. It doesn't mean that we're trying to get them to hit it exactly like Victor Hovland or Dustin Johnson. In some cases, it might. That person might be a good enough athlete to do those things. But in most cases, it's just we're just moving the needle that way. Hopefully that makes sense. Victor Hovland, man, I think he'll get there. I do. I think he'll get to the number one position in the world unless Scotty Scheffler uh, watches the pod and changes his putting exactly how I lay, <laughs> laid it out there from last week. Um, but man, when, when you can hit it like Vic, driver, iron, and now your short game is the way that it is, he led strokes gain around the green. Best players in the world. He led it, number one. And his putting is, you know, upper third already. And you're a dog late, like situationally. That's, a, that's, he's a dog. I mean, he, he's got it. I don't know, man. I think, I think Vic's gonna, I think Vic's gonna get there. Number one, he's gonna, I, I wouldn't want to play him in the Ryder Cup. I can tell you that. I would not want any piece of Victor Hovland in the Ryder Cup. All right, that's enough. We made it, folks. Tour championship, it's over. Hang in there. The tour starts again in a few weeks. <laughs> we'll turn it right around. Season long race. Uh, but I got some good content coming your way. We've, um, we're going to do a little recap on, on some of the bigger stories, some of the bigger changes that I talked about. We're going to bring that back um, as well. We're working on a pretty cool guest list with a lot of players. Um, in addition to that, um, I've got uh, Dana Dahlquist joining me next week. Chris Como will be coming back soon. I am working on Joe Mayo. He doesn't do a lot of media, but um, maybe I can 
put him in the headlock enough to uh, to come on and, and share some stuff with us this fall. I've got a lot of really good teachers coming on here in the next couple months, along with players and, of course, general discussion on what's happening in the world of professional golf, which, of course, who knows, right, what's going to happen, PGA Tour and live golf. Final note here, I'm actually, uh, David Ledbetter will be in my studio. He was supposed to be this week, but with the hurricane coming, um, we postponed it. So we're going to be getting him in here uh, probably mid to end of September uh, for an in-person podcast with an audience, which is going to be really cool. So I've been uh, working on a number of guests that we'll be having in the studio, elevating the podcast even further. We appreciate you being here. Last week was a big week. Please leave a rating. Tell your friends. We're going to stay with you here all through the rest of the year into the winter. Lots of cool stuff planned. Stripe Show Pod. I'm Travis Fulton. See you tomorrow.